0: Hey, welcome everyone to Planet Profits. Planet Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global. I'm your host, Vern Davis. And my guest today has been in the cannabis arena for at least since 2015. Uh, he is the CEO and founder of a point-of-sale platform for the cannabis dispensaries for the retail uh, part of the business. And that's my understanding. And his name is Mr. Kyle Sherman. He's the founder and CEO of Flow Kyle, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Vern. Appreciate it. Oh, man. I've been one to have you on and I'm glad we made it. We made it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. You've been growing up. I've been hearing about you all the time. It'll, you know, so how many dispensaries is your product in now?
1: We're in over a thousand dispensaries across the country. Uh, you know, okay. we primarily focused on you know small, medium-sized businesses. So we have customers with fifty locations uh, and okay. customers with single locations. But you know, our focus has been small, medium
0: businesses. Yeah. Why small to medium? Why did you choose that segment?
1: You no. Know, look, it's interesting, right? Like I, I think starting yeah. out, you know, I you know I got into the business. It was around twenty thirteen that I started to really investigate cannabis. Living in Los Angeles. Moved out to Colorado yeah. in early 2014, and one of the things that I realized is that the 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 power of this industry uh, is the SMB, right? The small mid-sized businesses because they care about the patients at a level that is you know, the bigger you get, the the less you can do it, and uh, yeah. so there's a level of like sure. this uh, love for the plant you get with a uh, an SMB, and you get better patient care, you get better cu- uh, customer experiences and and i also thought you know look like if we can empower smbs to grow themselves uh, mm-hmm. well that that could be pretty interesting if we can empower these smbs to compete against larger businesses as they emerge that's pretty interesting to us so that's been our focus you know and and uh, you know i've spent a lot of time on cap hill over the years uh, at the federal level you know representing the smb because if you go look at who's actually out there lobbying it's the large msos mm-hmm. Well, they're great businesses in themselves uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, say that they're bad businesses. I think it's necessary, though, to build technology to help the the smaller businesses compete effectively. And so, I, I largely look at myself as a representative of of this kind the, of swath of small, media businesses at the at the federal level too. So it's been it's been fun. I mean, it's, it
0: you know gives a raise. Yeah, yeah. So now with those thousand or so dispensaries, what are the sales of product that goes through your system? On an annual Oh, basis. I mean, we, we we process billions of dollars a
1: year over three and a half billion dollars a year flows through okay. flow hub and so uh you know a lot of these smbs are are high volume in many ways right mm-hmm. they're doing volume that you don't see at a a typical boutique you know in another industry right it's it's they're doing more volume than a an smb restaurant as an example uh by right. the magnitude right. Uh, potentially right four or five and so right. um yeah, it's it's really incredible to see you know to see the power of of uh, the, the retail environment and how many consumers
0: actually want cannabis. It's, it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Your competitive set, right? There, there's you know, if you look at your your space, there seems to be several companies that say that they provide, sell and compliant software, point of sale and supply software to the to the industries and you specifically carved out the SMBs, and I think that's awesome, that there's a real need. But the core of your business, compliance, supply chain data, transactional data, reporting, right? There seems to be a lot of companies that say they do that. How do I differentiate you from the competitors? And if I'm a retailer, you know, dispensary or group, say you're pulling on a small group of five, which is probably you'd love that, right? Uh, you, You know, why do i choose you why do i choose flow Hub?
1: yeah i think there's a couple of reasons right i mean you're you're right there are a lot of competitors in this space i think with with flow you get an experience level you just don't get with other companies right we've been here from day one Mm -hmm. we've lobbied for open apis with metric you know the state reporting system. we were the first ever integrate with that system in colorado we had to, to fight to go get those apis and then get them into other markets you know, and I, I think it just, you know, additionally, you know, from the earliest days, we started to scale nationally. Right. So, you know, there's a difference between these competitors right? you have really regionalized mm-hmm. service providers today and very few actually national providers. And what that means is it's really hard to scale with those other software platforms. It doesn't mean they're bad platforms. In fact, they're phenomenal for the regions they're in. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be a California-specific point-of-sale platform. They do things that, uh, that we we probably don't do as well as they do in those markets. But if you're looking yeah. to scale past that one location in that one state, that's where things change right. dramatically very quickly, right? We can support you across 25 states flawlessly with a single sign-on. Uh, you know, in September of last year, we've been doing this since the earliest days, right? And so right, uh, yeah, because this national footprint... You know, it, it it gives SMBs the ability to scale pretty seamlessly. So they're not having to switch systems all the time. And, you know, I mean, oh, now we're in this state. Let's use another state-specific system. There's no reason to do that at this point. So, you know, in September of last year, Vern, we launched a new system called Flow Hub Maui. Flow Hub Maui. Absolutely. We built from the ground up, right? So if I go back, you know, you, you mentioned I've been in, in, in the space for quite some time early on. You know, yeah. back in the early days... We had to make a lot of guesses. There was only one market when we first started the company, and that was Colorado, right? So we made some guesses there. Then we expanded to Oregon when it came online, and then you know Alaska, Michigan, Maryland, and you know you you go on right throughout that uh, the, the timeline. And when 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 we stepped back, we said, okay, you know there are things we could have done better with our core platform. No, so there's two choices, right? We can either like go in and it's called refactoring in tech, or we can refactor that old platform and. But in there there's so many complicated things. We said, look, let's just build a new system with all the things we've learned. And so now, competitively, we're the only platform that's brand new, right, in the system, but with years of experience. It's kind of like what you see in more established. circuits nice. Right, where you see a disruptor come in. We're disrupting ourselves, right? Like we're, we're disrupting our, our initial core platform. So it's really exciting. And Maui, you know, is highly flexible and it's 20 times faster than Classic. There's things you can do in it, you couldn't do with Classic. Uh, you know, it's what we call our original platform. Yeah,
0: well, let's break that down a little bit because yeah, that is very exciting. Cause I wanted to talk about Maui because you just that, that's come on the market, become available. What's the feedback you're getting from 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 the dispensaries? So far it's been really positive, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: of course we're always learning and taking feedback and iterating. Uh, on that feedback, right? That's what you have to do. Software's never done. It's not like a movie where you go shoot it and then <laughs> and you deliver it and it's on DVD or Netflix and it's over, right? You make another one. Uh, yes, software's right. evergreen, right? It just keeps going and going and go, right. keep iterating and evolving it. The evolution never stops. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we're getting great feedback. We continue to get good feedback and and we iterate based on, you know, what customers are telling us they want. You know, we have, we have to, you know, do a good job of interpreting those things. Uh, right. you know, all that feedback, so we're not wasting resources building custom software for everybody, right? You have to build software that works for everybody. That's the magic of it all. Um, but you know, we got a great team, and uh, and they've done a phenomenal job. So yeah, the the, the feedback on Maui is great. I mean, what I've heard is like you guys fixed everything we hated about Classic, and you guys added things we absolutely love that we didn't even know we needed, right? And like that's the stuff that's just awesome. I mean, you
0: wake up in the morning, you go, all right, it's worth yeah. it's worth all the all the pain, you know. Uh, absolutely did you did yeah. you build maui with feedback from customers your are learning and and the input that you that they gave you did you yeah. build it yeah with
1: that spec? yep yeah of course yeah so we we took a lot of feedback over all these years on classic around the classic the original it's platform and uh and we looked and analyzed it and said like, what, what are some of the commonalities between all these different customers across all these different states with all these different needs uh you know oftentimes you talk to a dispensary in Oklahoma or in Massachusetts, and they want the exact opposite thing. So you, well, you can't just build two separate platforms for each of them, right? So how do you build a dynamic, customized system that they can both, they, they can interpret those things correctly for their business? So we, we had to take a lot of feedback to to build Maui. You invested a yeah. lot of time and money into the system and yeah it's been a real journey building it and 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 then like testing it along the way with live customers right you know because you know right. one of the mistakes you could make is like you go into a whole build software and you go down this path and invest all this money and time you launch it and like no one uses it because it doesn't actually solve any problems so the trick is right. you to build software while actively testing in real time with customers and that's an iterative approach to software development right so you're not waiting till the end and then you see what people right. say. You're, you're yeah. building with that. You're building with your customer base along the way, the entire time you're in, it's, it's a community effort actually to build great business software. And so that's what we yeah. can do here. So yeah, it's been a really collaborative effort with, with customers and out the other end, you know, you know, with this announcement in, in September of last year, you know, you end up getting for people that weren't necessarily involved in the creation of it, right? They go, holy crap, this is so great <laughs> compared to what what, you know, what we thought it was going to be. And that's, Music, right? We're like, oh yes, we nailed it. So Maui's Maui's great, and we'll continue to get get uh, feedback from customers to
0: iterate. No That's goes. That's great. That's that is that is great. Has has AI become a part of your evolving, your involvement, involvement with your software development? Is that something that you see is going to be a dynamic uh, change for the dispensary owners and? What they could do from the interaction and effective interaction with consumers. I mean, I think look, AI is interesting in that you can build predictive models and do
1: things that right. you know, in a smarter, more accurate fashion using historical data and and all these things. Um, so predictivity is really interesting. Um, but uh, you know, look, we we are not uh, leveraging AI in a fashion just because it's a new hot thing, right? Uh, of course we are always looking to add functionality to the system that actually solves business problems. And right now, uh, AI, I I don't think in its current form necessarily and and just rapidly trying to go out and and just use AI to say we've got AI from a marketing point of view is like helpful. So, uh, you know, look, our team is always looking at like ways to to, to solve business problems better. And if AI happens to be uh, something that helps us solve a business problem better, then we'll use it, right? but it's not a core part of our platform today. And, I, you know, it, it might not be for a year or two, um, but we're certainly investigating, right? I wanna go into like tons of
0: detail. Um, I'm, I'm
1: sure. I had a leverage.
0: Well, yeah, I put, hey, I don't wanna put you at a competitive disadvantage in the show here, but I, I I, just think, you know, everything I'm touching now, and the conversations I'm having uh, uh, about consumer products, that's part of the plan. And to your point, it's how you use it, when do you use it, uh, what's the best way that's gonna uh create the best opportunities for the players involved. I think it's important that I and I, I think it's, it's it makes a lot of sense your approach is that not gonna use it because, you know, somebody on a on a podcast says, Hey, are you using it or should you use it? No, you right. you use it because it makes sense and, and somebody, quite frankly, is willing to pay for that. And I think that's really <laughs> A great right.
1: example of this, Vern, is like during the yeah. blockchain boom of 2017, right? I, I yeah. remember, oh, are you built on blockchain? And it's like, well, yeah. for what rule? Like, well, why does that matter? Does it like, is that, is that, is yeah. ma- that a thing? Is that like mean that, like what, what business problem does that solve? What problem are we solving? Right. Like how, uh, so I think it's just interesting how, uh, you know, how that, how that works, you know?
0: Right. No, it's great. Well, so, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits are proudly brought to you by Protege Global. My guest today is the CEO and founder of Flow Hub, Mr. Kyle Sherman. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protege Global. My guest today is the CEO and founder of FlowHub, and FlowHub is obviously a, a point of sale platform for the cannabis dispensaries. Uh, and 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 what we found out by talking to Kyle Sherman, who is the CEO and and founder, is is that he's really focused on the small to mid sized businesses. That's his sweet spot. He likes to play in that arena. He thinks there's an effort there that can benefit everyone by doing that. And I, I totally totally uh, agree with him. Kyle, you know, when you look at the challenges of, of the dispensary, right, what are some of the core challenges now that you see in dispensaries? you know, in 2023 versus 2015 when you got into uh, putting hub out in the, in the ecosphere?
1: Yeah, no, I look, it's more competitive than ever, right? So you might have a small okay. town in Oregon that has five locations in the town. So it's like, how do you compete? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And I think for years, people thought, you know, operators thought, well, we just need to cut the best deals. The problem is that's a race to the bottom. You know, someone says, I'll sell it for five, the next guy says, I'll sell it for four, you know? Right. And so, and then you end up at a dollar and no one's making any money. And that's not, you know, you can't sustain if you're not making money, right? That, that's,
0: that's ridiculous. Right.
1: So, you know, I think people are 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 now trying to figure out, especially with inflation and, you know, mm-hmm. consumer spend uh, compared to the pandemic, right? Um, you know, they're trying to figure out how do we compete, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, there are a couple of ways to do that, right? You can go drive SEO on your website with e-commerce and get people ordering ahead. You can go implement digital payments so you're not just using cash. It increases basket sizes significantly. So we offer mm-hmm. a payments product uh, called... Okay that allows you to accept a debit cards, which is really cool. And it will increase your revenue, like guaranteed, right? Like, I mean, it's like not even a question. Like we can go in to our data set and say, you could literally increase your revenue by, you know, 22% this year. And it works. Like, I mean, customers go, oh, I didn't, it wasn't 22%. It was 35%. Holy cow. You weren't kidding. It works. Consumers spend more yeah. uh, when they're not stuck with what they took out of the ATM in the lobby. And so you can yeah. dramatically increase revenue that way. So I, I think, look, revenue's key right now. How do I make more money, right? What can I do as a dispenser? Right. Cash. Um, that's like number one problem to solve. Number two is like, how can we make our workflows faster and easier so I don't need as many people doing manual laborious work? How do I have like one person instead the four people? And so, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like, like, look, we've always been into automating workflows. But the reality is like now more than ever, it's not just a simple workflow that needs automation. It's an entire work stream. You know, it's like, it's, it's like you, you just, you know, how do you reduce labor cost? Right. And so, um, you know, uh, you know, it's automation, you know, across these work streams. And so uh, Maui takes care of a lot of those things. Right. And so it's just, it, it's really gaining. Like you, you're constantly, you know, trying to interpret the business problems across all these customer types. And then translate them into like actual solutions that are scalable for them. And, you know, if you do those things right, if you like turn those knobs correctly, you can increase revenue mm-hmm. for your bottom line pretty dramatically. Like, I mean, it, you know, for a small business with a couple locations, we're talking it could be three to five million dollars a year in additional bottom line revenue. I mean, that, that, that's right. mind boggling. It's a lot of money. And you could go use that capital, then go buy another business that's maybe struggling uh, and start to build your your empire and your community, right? and and uh, give back and do all sorts sure. of things. so that that's the that's the cannabis economy i I want to continue to see and nurture because I, I think this industry is different, so far different from other industries. You look at alcohol. you know, why do celebrity brands work so well in alcohol? You look at the George Clooney and Kocos and you look at the rock yeah. tequila. um, why in cannabis do celebrity brands not work well? Right, you 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 go look at you know Marley it mm-hmm. doesn't sell well. Why is that? It's because consumers don't care about that, right? They they are they care about finding great products. they don't care what names on it for a reasonable mm-hmm. price, and uh, and you know so to be able to to provide that, right? You is a giant mm-hmm. corporation. It becomes harder and harder to provide that great consumer experience, which is why you see companies like Cureleaf pulling out of West Coast states. They just can't compete in, in in that model. Why consumers are going to the mom and pop stores? Where they have the relationship yeah. with the butt tender the manager. And so, anyway, solving these problems for them is just so much fun because it's, you're, you really are affecting the community and ultimately the consumers at the end of the day.
0: So, yeah. So, let me, let me be sure that I heard you right, Kyle. So, you telling me you don't think brands are going to be important in cannabis? Well, I think brands will be important in cannabis.
1: I'm talking about celebrity brands, right? Uh, Martha Stewart's flower. Yeah. Fern, would you go pay a premium for Martha Stewart's flower or would you just rather get the local farms, you know, amazing brand that they have, but it's, it's a no name, if you will?
0: Yeah. See, to me, depends on what Martha Stewart is going to provide for me. If Martha Stewart's flower is reported, maybe I haven't tried it, but I'm being curious to understand if it, okay, it's a brand, so a brand has, it, it needs to talk to me as a consumer. And if it talks to me as a consumer, I'll try it. And then if it actually holds up to its claim with me, I'll come back to it. Yeah, I think brands like this are going to become more powerful
1: with federalization yeah. and a more national footprint. But you get a brand like Wana, right? Wana, uh-huh. Wana. Wana is yeah. an incredible brand, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, wow. I go out and look for Wana. Nancy did an amazing job with that company. And, yeah. you know, so so look, I'm not saying brands are worthless. but What I mean is it's like, building a brand in this space is is just it's not the same as slapping a celebrity name on it like you do in alcohol and magically it sells well and you know you, you sell it for a billion dollars that's not how it works in cannabis consumers are much more focused yeah on-
0: Kyle, I I'm gonna I will t- I will tell you because I've worked in both industries that that the, there's many 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 celebrities brands have failed. yeah and there's reasons why those brands, you, you know this and there's reasons why those brands Fail. It, it all comes back to the face you're putting on there, the claims that the brand makes, the support that the celebrity gives, right? That, all, a whole lot of variables that that play a role. So I, I, the reason we're having this discussion on brands is because I am a true believer in brands. And I believe that as you do what you do at Flow Hub, at a high rate and great with great expectation and do the things that can flow up as a brand now. And you do those things, you're going to help normalize the cannabis industry where both brands are king and brands create value because brands are respected. I believe that. Now, you may say, Vern, that's freaking naive. And it may be. No, no, I agree I with you. you. So- yeah, I, I agree. I'm a brand guy all day long,
1: right? I love building. Brands. Yes, and uh, we've done it phenomenally well with Flow Hub. We've got a great team sure. around our brand. Yeah, but I think my point is more around the national brands versus the local brands. People want you mm-hmm. know people want the organic local experience in cannabis. Mm-hmm. That's really what they're especially when it comes to flower, which is still the number one mm-hmm. category that sells. And yep. so yep. local brands, you know, uh, are what matter to consumers right now. And as again, this is why Cureleaf couldn't compete in the west coast right. why because they could the, the national brand doesn't work in the west because the people expect the local organic brands that they, that's what they that's what they want they want to like mm-hmm. the interesting local mm-hmm. thing that is higher quality it's a quality thing i mean look what? eventually national brands with federal legalization will get there because they'll start to use yes. Humboldt flower and, and across all the states and like you can't right. that that's right. So that's right. That, that's yeah. the celebrity brands probably, emerge. Yeah. but I think yeah, I think in the, you know, look, we have a long way to go to get there. We have a long. I think yeah. a lot of people say it's only a few years away. That's not true. It's <laughs> probably maybe fifteen to twenty years out. Right. Like, let's be realistic.
0: Exactly. So, still, so let, let, this is great. I love this discussion. So that but let's talk about blow up now from the perspective of uh, the size of the business, the people, and. Tell me, explain. If if you were to, yeah, you are going to do this, I'm gonna ask you to do this. Explain the culture of your business, the culture that the people make up in your business. Talk to me about that.
1: We, we we've got a, a really strong group of people who love the cannabis industry. I right? they love the cannabis. Okay. okay. We love cannabis at Flow. We celebrate Okay. Um before okay. we were a fully remote organization, you know, uh, we we went fully remote mm-hmm. in early twenty twenty because of COVID. Uh, you'd often find in you know, the very late afternoons, people gathering outside on, in our office, smoking cannabis together. And it was like, yeah. a little thing. And it was this beautiful. Uh-huh. It was a beautiful, like, uh, you know, kind of ceremony, if you will, like all the time. And it was, uh, you know, it was just a, a really kind of cool thing. So look, I, I think what you find at Flowbed at its core is people who love the plant, right? I mean, and I think you have to in this space, right? You know, we we've seen a lot of, a lot of companies come and go because they thought it was going to be a quick buck and it's just mm-hmm. not how it works in this space. You know, this timeline just is stretching. And <laughs> so if you, yeah. if you don't have the passion and the love uh for for the products and, and, and what we're doing for for dispensaries, like you're not gonna fit in, right? So you have to you, you innately start to develop this organization to be able to love the plant. And what that leads to then are 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 people who expect really high standards out of other people because they're like, if we're they're all gonna, gonna love this thing and nurture it, then we we better be really good at what we do. I'm okay. not going to tolerate people who don't work hard and and who don't put 150 percent into what what they're doing mm-hmm. And so you know that that's the kind of people the org attracts and then you get it kind of begets itself and you know you you end up you end up with the really smart people who are passionate, who want to hire other great smart people and don't tolerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know so we have a we have a culture of really hard working passionate individuals and, and who love to collaborate. And, um, you know, we're not a big company. Like I think, you know, from a, from a people perspective, you know, we have competitors who are certainly smaller than we are from a revenue perspective with double, triple, the employee count more. Right. And that that's never been our focus is having a ton of people. Okay. I actually made that mistake along the way, right. I like overhired and, you know, mm-hmm. but the, the reality is you just don't in technology, you don't need a ton of people. You don't need mm-hmm. all these human resources. You just need a great group of people who are hardworking and and that's the culture we've got at FlowHub today. It's it's really beautiful, actually. Like it's it's no it's great. that's great. Yeah, so I mean, I've I that been great. at the company for for seven eight years now, right? And, and like from the earliest days. And we've got we have people who are have only been here a year and a half, and they all fit together really. Yeah, well. it's, it's really cool. That's great.
0: And yeah. in, in, in your selection process, right, when you're hiring a professional, right, someone in your organization that has a uh, a professional role, and and it's maybe two or three of these folks. That's what you're looking for,
1: yeah, especially yeah, for yeah. the client. For sure. Find the working. For sure. Right. One of my favorite yeah. questions is like, what's your favorite strain? Because if you like don't smoke, yeah. you're like, uh, well, you know, and it's not a requirement you have to use cannabis, but it's a really interesting question because it's like, it tells you a lot about the relationship with the industry, you know? And so, you know, I'm not saying every single person has mm-hmm. to use every day. I mean, gosh, I haven't actually used cannabis in probably seven weeks, which yeah. is a long stint for me right now. You used to use it every night. Uh, I go through these <laughs> ebbs and flows. But that's not a requirement. But the point is, uh, it's like having a passion for this amazing flower and the products that are okay. derived from it. And so um, yeah, certainly that, that question's really interesting. Also, like creative problem solving. One of the questions I, I love to ask you yeah. is tell me about uh, you know, a time where you had to get out of a really sticky situation, but it's personal. Like give me a per like outside like, of And yeah. those- I mean I've had candidates tell me like so I was out camping with some friends, and I lost my keys. Like, and we were hiking, World. and I had no. We had no cell service, and it's like. So what it does is it really starts to show you like how people react under pressure, and and what yeah. they do to go solve a problem, right? Because that's all life is—is is just it's a series of problems you have to okay. solve all the time, that's you know, personal boy. and professional. And so, oh. like my
0: question.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting one, right? And it's like. Yeah it merely it makes you think it's a hard question right I've, I've had candidates really go oh my gosh wait personal and they can't even get there right there and, and, then- and it probably means they're not gonna be a fit right um, okay just because like they don't they, they can't they're not even they're, they're not even vulnerable enough to have a conversation about their personal life that's a that's kind of a problem yeah. because we're a startup okay. and like personal lives affect your like that's it's there's work-life harmony here like i mean not say it's, yeah, yeah, it's a blend. Yeah. It's a blend. It's a blend. Bring your <laughs> you, you bring all your personal stuff to work. So like yeah. tell me about how you react personally. So like it's just interesting, right? Um and so yeah, there's just a, a lot of these types of questions that used I used a lot to like figure out the the persona b- behind the the candidate. And um and it's led to some really good hires, you know?
0: that it is that is that, that is key and that that's great. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. My guest today is Mr. Kyle Sherman. He's the founder and head CEO of Flow Hub, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Produce global my guest today mr kyle sherman founder and ceo of flow Hub. and he's he's talking to me man he's telling me i am drilling these people in interviews it's crazy he's stopping <laughs> him he's giving a great question it's great it question. he's having fun with it too i could see it in his eyes he loves that stuff you know i, love, I love people i love people Vernon <laughs> i believe it. i love it we're having a great time it's i don't even know if we're having a podcast what are we doing? but i uh, yeah. like. <laughs> Two hours later. Exactly. Hey, You know, you made the transition into the cannabis environment. You, you, and you, you had an idea. You went the technical route. You wanted to be attached to the hub of the business. And you are. And you're successful. And you guys are doing a great job. Have you had the opportunity uh, to be a coach or a mentor to get someone to that you know that many would be great in our business maybe and or in the industry, you know, you want the industry to be successful. Also, I keep tell people, but um, right. And, and they're just kind of stuck in this, this traditional consumer business or form a business and, and they, they, it's hard for them to make the jump or, or, they want to make the job, and I just want to make sure they're successful. Have you been a mentor and a coach to people in the industry?
1: Yeah, I. You've know, been in it a while. Yeah, for for a yeah, sure. I love talking to other founders, right? Because it's such a it's yeah a club of people trying to do crazy stuff. Um, and like it's honestly being a founder is like probably the hardest thing you can embark on. Right? It seems I think from the outside sometimes like the super glorious thing is really it's not. I'll tell you firsthand, it's definitely not. It's very painful. Um. And so it's yeah. fun talking to other founders, right? Who are going through it because it's it's a therapeutic for me too, right? I mean, it's just like, wow, you're, you're getting the right. shit out there as well. Okay, cool. I, right. Uh, but you no, know, I love providing mentorship to to entrepreneurs who are earlier on in the process. Uh, I've certainly have mentors that are much further along the process than I am. And so it's like, it's just this shared communal uh, yeah. thing. You know, for a while I worked with Canopy Boulder, which was an accelerator mentoring I uh, different cohorts of of entrepreneurs there. and it's really cool to see how some of them have just done extraordinarily well. um, yeah, you know, so yeah, certainly, um yeah, it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun chatting with uh, new folks i I'm, I'm so excited to see all the amazing disruptive things that entrepreneurs are going to come up with over the coming years, too. I think there's still it's so ripe, right? There's so much to yeah, it is. It,
0: it, it, it's very. It is very, very, very exciting, and I, I love that you're you're involved and that you're doing things like that. So uh, let's talk about money, right? Money to the cannabis industry. I mean, it 2023 right now. It's a difficult time. And what money? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that <there> money? <laughs> so, is it is it hard for a company like you? For, you know you're not on the planet. Is it hard for you to get money, like it, it is for? It, it's so hard to get it's, it's been, it's it's been hard. hard. It's been hard since day one. This
1: company has almost died, you know, seven times over because of, of capital. Right? I mean, it's just yeah. so. I mean, thankfully we're at a point now where the, it's much less of an issue because we're we're now nearly a decade in. Um, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a, a good business, but uh, it's it's always been difficult to to raise capital. It's not an easy thing to do. I think it's difficult to, for any business, right, even outside of cannabis, but then you add this layer of complexity because you've got venture capitalists out there who want to deploy capital into good businesses. Right. Uh, but right. they've got LP agreements that say they can't because there's a vice clause or whatever. And so um, you know, it's uh, the, the investors we do have are phenomenal, and I'd be so grateful. We have institutional investors. We are a few companies in the spins mm-hmm. so and a lot of outside institutional capital, um, which mm-hmm. I, I'm just so grateful for. But it was. It's every dollar was extraordinarily difficult to raise. Absolutely, there's no joke about that. I'm not going to yeah. seem like some like picture perfect thing here. I mean, very, very seriously.
0: It's... Yeah, that you've had some high-profile investors. Jay Z put a little dollars and a couple of dollars into your business and some others, maybe. Mr. Sean Carter.
1: Uh, yeah, we've had we did yeah. Kraft Heinz, Kraft Heinz uh, company through the venture arm Evolve. We have a okay. I probably shouldn't bring it up on this show because it's. But they're, I have a huge. Public company investor that's a very famous global tech company. Okay, uh, that uh, I'm not allowed to publicize. I can I would tell you one on one. I've done it many times with people. Okay, it's uh they're 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 massive. Uh, and so it's pretty cool to be backed by them. Hopefully one day we can announce who they are. I mean it's been years, but they're you know they want to keep it on the DL. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, founders the founders of Venmo and interesting okay. interesting, interesting people. You know, just really mm-hmm. you know the, the former NBA commissioner David Stern uh who unfortunately passed away a few years ago I yeah. uh, personally invested. we have some really interesting angels and and a bunch of these okay. institutional headline is a big investor of ours poseidon uh poseidon is is probably the most prolific cannabis investor uh, to date they started investing i want to say as early as 2014 we were one of their earliest investments uh, and it's emily morgan Paxi. Yeah, they're on their like third fund now they're just they're, they're investing some really great great companies um so, yeah, there's a, you know, Headline is a big institutional investor right there. They, they've got, um, uh, you know, they, they were their only cannabis company, but yeah, just like people like this, right? I mean, it's just, it's just like really interesting hodgepodge group of, <laughs> of, uh, of people coming together to try to, you know, tr- try to bring some semblance of organization to this, uh, you know, compliance automation to this space. But, um, oh,
0: it's, it's, it's great. No, that's good. And I'm glad you, 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 you sound like you're, you're set, you're ready for the fight, brother. And, I really want to thank you for showing up here today and being on Plant Profits with me and sharing some of your thoughts about uh, what you guys do for the industry. And I, I love this, the, the the part about how you, you look at hiring the talent because that's what's going to make Flow Up great. You know, I always say, if you hire great people, you need less them, And that's yep. really, really important.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I didn't always live by that either. Right. I I mean, I've hired myself, but that's, that's, I learned that it's it's so true. Like I used to kind of, I think it was an ego thing. I'd measure by like how many people we have. Like that was the most important thing. And it's, it's not right. That's not at all. It's about the business itself and the metrics. And that's what matters and providing great customer experiences, great products. So yeah, anyway, it's a lot of fun. Thanks for for the great questions today. It was was good to chat with you.
0: Yeah, it was it was a it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits. And I look I want you all to take a look for Plant Profits and on the any podcast platform that you subscribe to or go to to get your podcast fixed, we're there. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, you know, and obviously cannabis radio. They're our partners in crime here. So uh please go check them out, check us out and, and do that. And look global my company. Check us out. You can find us on all social media footprints, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, YouTube, we are there. And finally, learn more about how we're building companies and what we do and how we change people's lives and what we do. And that's protoscobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, cheers.